0: My mom is really good at visual guilt, by the way. That's how she would get me to do anything I didn't want to
1: do. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a powerful force. It's it's a powerful force.
0: Postlight podcast. I'm Gina Trapani, and as always, joined by my business partner Chris Lasacco. Hey, Chris. Hey, Gina. How's it going?
2: Great. It's great.
0: We've been prepping for this episode for a year now. I was
2: just gonna say we've been gearing up. We recently ran a few greatest hits episodes in the feed. Um, we so did. That was cool. Uh huh. We're about to turn the page into a, a big new thing. We are for our team and for the, I mean the the whole Postlight brand.
0: It's super exciting. i have like, it's weird. We we got here. We've been talking about this for months. I know. And to help us talk about this, we have a very, very special guest on the show today. I'm very excited to introduce Mark Ortung. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you? Great. Great. It's so I'm so happy to, to see you in the, the recording boxes here on the show. <laughs>
2: it's
1: great to be here.
2: <laughs> so we have some news to share. Uh, a few weeks ago, Postlight became Launch by NTT Data. We joined forces with a few other groups within NTT and launched a new thing into the world appropriately titled Launch by NTT Data. And we asked Mark to join us on the show because Mark, you were the president of Launch. Gina and I are taking product leadership roles and we'd love to talk about how we got here. This is it's something we've been building towards for a while, so it feels very natural that we are landing here. But for the folks listening, they don't know the backstory uh, behind why we made this thing. Postlight is just one puzzle piece in this in this greater puzzle. Do you want to talk a little bit, Mark, about your history and the company you come from, Nexient, and how that sort of plays in with all these different groups that are forming Launch?
1: Well, first off, my background is with a bunch of product companies prior to it. So let me talk about that first. I started my career with what's now Accenture, did a number of sort of advanced technology things there. The last two years there, I wrote a business plan and did a a spin-out startup from Accenture. And I learned that they're a fantastic consulting firm and a terrible venture capital firm. <laughs> and uh, so that gave me the bug, though, to go do startups, that experience of building something from nothing. And we had we were trying to do effectively a SaaS product in 1995. And we didn't have the word SaaS yet. And we were a little bit ahead of our time. This was an HR product. We're trying to convince people to put their HR data into the cloud in 1995. And people thought we were nuts. So we didn't make it, and, and Accenture shut it down when we weren't profitable by about 18 months in. But that gave me the bug to go do startups. So I went um, to a series of four product companies. The first one was called Genesis. We did call center software and software that's up in the telephony clouds. Uh, you know, sort of think about routing 800 number calls and those kinds of things in, in the old school world. And um, we went from about $30 million to about $120 million in two years. Whoa, we went wow. in public the second day I was with the company, so I can't really take a whole lot of credit for that. But
0: That's a hell of a second day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they, I was supposed to start the following week and the guy that hired me said, you know, can you just come in today and start? And he didn't really explain why. And then when I got there, they explained what was happening.
2: Oh my God. Good thing you said yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and we had all kinds of crazy sort of infighting in the company. There was sort of a, a coup between the CFO and the Founder and then oh. and so they pushed out the CEO thirty days after we went public, <laughs> and then he created a new management team, and he and the other founder pushed out the CFO who had taken it over about nine months later.
2: Whoa. All this happening while wow, we're going from
1: thirty million to one hundred twenty million. so I learned a lot about products and scaling and Silicon Valley and proxy fights and <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, just all kinds of things that I never never knew I was going to learn about, it. but I was, uh, I was hooked, you know, the adrenaline and the the fun of, of creating something in the market. And that one from a product perspective, what we really did that was fun was we took this kind of toolkit that was this grungy telephony, telephone oriented technology and turned it into something in English words that our customers would use and could buy. And so we did a lot of packaging and a lot of sort of, taking tech and turning it into a product. And I think that really helped our team sell it much more effectively. And that really helped us hit that scale. So it was more packaging than tech, but there was a lot of deep technology. There it was two guys that came over from Russia that started the company. And they had all these guys that came out of the Soviet Union that had PhDs in physics. And, you know, one of them had been handed a a deck computer when he was in the soviet union and told to you know effectively reverse engineer it so they did they created a copy of this hardware and software if you guys remember the deck was sort of before sun and silicon graphics it was kind of like right. the first sort of almost workstation like computer so yeah just a wild fascinating wild talented fun group of people i'm you sure you can get
0: that t- uh, education at school <laughs>
1: No, no. Lots of fun and lots of crazy stories. And from there, I got a chance to go to another startup, which was getting into the internet, which seemed like a good thing to me to kind of get deeper into the internet. So this was like 1999. It was called Get There. It was a corporate travel procurement platform. And we were able to help drive the transformation of corporate travel. So when I started, the way you booked a airplane trip or a hotel for your work with, you would call Carlson Wagon Lead or American Express or one of these travel agencies, and they would book it for you. And that was just how it was done. And by the time I left five years later, we had about 53% of all bookings in the industry going over the internet first, and then winding up in one of those agencies in the back end. So we got to drive this transformation of an entire industry from pure phone-based to Majority internet-based bookings.
2: Very cool. That's awesome.
1: It was yeah, it was a great run. That one also, we got a chance to take it public, and then we were acquired by uh, Saber, and I stayed for about a year and a half after that. So I learned a lot about getting acquired and what that's like, mm-hmm. and uh, and all those things. But it was uh, it was another one where we got to create something that really from scratch and and drive it, and we I think we ultimately. Got bought by Sabre because we tried to create a plan where we disintermediated Sabre. Frankly, we, d- right. we signed up a bunch of airlines, hotels, and rental cars to book, allow bookings directly between our large corporate customers and the airline. And then you know we, so we had enough volume that we could make that work. At which point we became a threat to the global distribution system. So then we became a good target to be acquired. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was a
0: competitive a competitor acquisition, right? Yeah. <laughs> mitigate the threat
1: yeah exactly from there i went to another one which at the time was called Reardon commerce it had a number of names over time its it's best name was its first one which was gazoo which is the little (laughs) character from the flintstones it's like a little like (laughs) space alien Um, for whatever reason all these startups i've been with have all had three or four names um naming is the hardest thing (laughs) it is it is and um Yeah, so it was fun. So that one we tried to do what we did at Get There, but apply it to all services. So at Get There, we primarily did flights, hotels, and rental cars. Here we try to do flights, hotels, rental cars, events like dinner, sporting events, concerts. We also included web meetings, which back then was kind of a new thing. So at the time it was like WebEx and there were a few others. We did package shipping. So you could say, I want to I want to send this package overnight and we would give you an orbit like matrix that had FedEx and UPS and DHL and all the different service levels. And you could see we had a, a, a concept we called visual guilt that we invented at get there. So when your corporate traveler is booking their trip, if you show them the options and one of them is a lot cheaper and it's only a half hour later, they'll pick it, right? They kind of have this guilt and they say, well, I, I should adjust my schedule by 30 minutes and take the better flight because, you know, the cheaper flight. So on average, I get there. We were able to lower the cost of a corporate trip by about $100. Wow. Versus when you call on the phone, you say, I want to go to Chicago. I want to fly United. I want to leave at 8 a.m. They would book you the 8 a.m. flight. They wouldn't, book the they sure. wouldn't walk you through like the price comparison. They would show you
0: this, the 730. Yeah.
1: So, so we applied visual guilt to lots of different services categories. This one I learned a lot about focus and not trying to like. Effectively, each one of those categories is a whole company. Mm. Yeah, and we we tried as a small company to do all of them, and ultimately we failed. Like we, you know, I always say you either you succeed or you learn a lot, um, and I learned a lot. <laughs> <in this life. laughs> I, I've learned a lot too,
0: Mark, over my time and I'm going to take and steal that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, then I got lucky, and I I went to another one called uh, Bill.com, B-I-L-L, and I got to join there as the employee number 12, and uh, there we were creating a, a SaaS product for small businesses to pay their bills and to get paid. When I joined, we had, I think, eight customers. We did not have a way to charge our customers, so we had $0 in revenue. What? What? <laughs> We, uh, you know, the company was like 11 months old. So they kind of had it. They were like, they were all excited. They're like, we're ready to come out of beta. And I was like, okay, you know, how do we charge our customers? And we charge our our customers. customers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't. Like, we haven't built that yet. Uh,
2: We email them and ask for a check.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was, uh, so we built that and it took took a long time. That one I learned a lot about. I, I called it the man behind the curtain. So one of the things that attracted me to this company was, it had this kind of web veneer that you could put in your bills and have them paid. So when I joined, there was still like a spreadsheet being generated by the website. And then the payments were all being done manually.
0: Wow. Yeah. This is a model for like lean startups, especially, right? Like just get a nice front end up and just do whatever you have to do on the back end see if people use it, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. And how do they use it? And so then we just very slowly and bit by bit, we would automate parts of it. So we started to automate uh, an ACH transaction that would pull the money from our customer's account to our account, and then we would still write a bunch of checks by hand off of our account to pay their bills. And then we automated the the checks where we would print our own checks what? using this magnetic ink and, and micker font at the bottom. And so Amazing. then, like every day, we would print... a. Uh, 50 checks and then 100 checks. And then, so start. And there was, we had this person who worked there. She would um, fold the checks and put them in envelopes and then drive them to the post office. And this was kind of like (laughs) part of our our daily ritual. And then, life um, behind
0: the scenes at (laughs) bill.com.
1: And so then, as it got more and more volume, we would pull everyone in you know, the developers, the customer support people, everybody. We would sit there and we would fold checks and stuff them in envelopes. And so that, you know, nobody wants to be doing this. So the first innovation we had is somebody went on eBay and got this crazy machine that would fold <laughs> checks into thirds. <laughs> it was like this like sort of this metal clanky thing that would like, you know, do the double fold really quickly and consistently. And so that lasted a week or two. And, and you know, because all the software developers, I, I think the best software developers are fundamentally lazy and they did not yes. want to folding checks, right? So they all worked out how to automate this and how to, you know. They solved <laughs> so the problem. We,
0: it's true. Best way to motivate an engineer, make them do an incredibly tedious task over and over and over That's again right. until they're, yeah. they're, spending, they're staying up all night writing the shell script that'll like do it for you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Amazing.
1: So yeah, so over time, we automated that. We, we got a third-party partner. And for a while there, they were sending millions of checks a year. And then We began to move toward trying to automate all the payments into ACH, which requires a whole sort of business network because there is no directory of how to pay companies in the U.S. over ACH, so we had to build that. So we effectively built a kind of like a LinkedIn sort of a model where companies could connect with other companies and share the payment information via this network. So over time, we were trying to move away from checks entirely and make all of these payments happen electronically and uh, it was just it was a great group of people I, I when I left we were in the 20 plus million dollar range on revenue I, so I left there to become CEO of Nexient. company kept going and now they're over a billion in revenue and Amazing. So it's, it's just Amazing. fun to see what what that became like what those crazy early you know man behind the curtain days turned into it's a <laughs> I think their payment volume is public. It's uh, it's like 40 billion a year or something that they run through this machine now. <gasps> that's uh, cool. unbelievable. So yeah, it's it's just fun to see that that happening.
0: And you all built a social network for banks to share your ACH information and that's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's as far as I know, it's the only one that exists in the wow. US for for small businesses to share that. So, uh, yeah.
0: So you left to join Nexient, who, which is now a uh, postlight sibling company and part of Launch. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about why would you, you went from pro, the SaaS product world and watching these incredible multiples and just scaling at like, like, you know, I'm doing the hockey stick motion to s- professional services, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which involves selling teams of human beings to solve problems and, and deal with clients. Like what, what was your, your thought process there?
1: So I was, I, w- I got the bug. I wanted to be CEO and I was looking at various CEO opportunities and in the Product space, if you don't start the company, that's the best way to become a CEO of a SaaS company. That's right. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. You can come in. I talked to some venture capitalists and was looking at the various early stage opportunities. And so whenever they need a CEO, the, the script is effectively, you will join. The company needs money. So... You have about 90 days to raise money. The fundraise, so, you, yep, that's right. yep. so you don't really know if the product's any good or if the team's any good. You got to just come in and assume that that's a given and then go raise some money. And if you succeed, then you and the team go forward. And if not, then you will, you know, wrap up the company. And,
0: right. And right, you get to sunset the thing. You basically, you earn yourself permission to keep your job if yeah, you raise yeah, right, the money, yeah. right, right. And otherwise you get to just roll, the, like lay everybody off and shut the whole thing down and put a public failure on your Exactly, right.
1: Yeah. right. So as an aspiring CEO, this didn't seem like the best odds, right? Like it just, like, I, you know, it might work, but it also most likely won't.
0: Most likely will not, that's right.
1: Yeah. So I was, talking, I was working with one venture capitalist who was the founder of what became Nexient. And he kept saying throughout this whole process, every time I'd look at a SaaS company, he kept saying, I have this services company and I think it, it's a good fit for this. you know, Because I had this kind of random background with some consulting and then some telephony and then some banking and some travel. And I've just been in a lot of weird industries. And he kept saying, I think you'd be a good fit for this. But in the beginning, it was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do SaaS. But after looking at two or three of these SaaS plays, and they were all the same script, so you know maybe I should go look at that services company and and understand it. And it was it was profitable. And can support itself,
0: right? Business where you provide services and you you, you charge customers for it. And you receive more money than you spend, and then yeah. you keep growing. Like that's yeah. it, right. It's something yeah. extreme. As someone who worked in the startup world for years, where it's like all funny money and runway and whatever. Let's see if we live or die. It's like, oh, this is amazing. A profitable business that just grows because money's coming in and money's going out, and we get to solve some problems together. Like, yeah, it's very. Attractive. It's
1: reassuring in its boringness.
0: <laughs> yes. It <really> yes. Is. <laughs>
1: And it's also the the services side, like at Bill.com, I worked on one problem for seven years. Yeah. Right. Right. And on the one hand, I loved it. But on the other hand, like at times you just like, I kind of want to work on a different problem. You know? Totally. Services, you get to work with a lot of great clients and you work on multiple challenging problems. And that variety is attractive. So kind of putting all that together, I thought that the I thought at the time, this was twenty fourteen, that The corporate world had swung too far to taking development offshore. So one of the things about Nexing it was it was 100% U.S. based. All of the resources were in Michigan at the time, and at the time that was you know there was not as big of a tech scene in Michigan, and it felt like a kind of a counter play to what was happening on the, the trends. And if you know if you looked at the trends between I think it was 2000 and maybe 2014 or 2015 at the beginning of 2000 there were 42 in the US for every one in India and then by 2015 i want to say it was like 0.4 in the US for every one in India so from like 42 to 1 to 0.4 to 1 so that well wow. you know the entire corporate it had just moved offshore just like, shifted yeah, for cost Totally. Also. one of my guts was we might have overdone it and there's going to be a niche that is a good fit like you know, it's not all coming back it's never all coming back that's right but There would be an opportunity to build a contrarian view of, hey, we can build tech talent in the U.S. And if we're in market, on your time zone, willing to work on sort of less well-defined problems because we have overlapping business days and we know your brand and what you stand for, there's going to be something there. So that was kind of what attracted me to that model. So and when I joined, we were primarily engineering only. We didn't really do anything other than the software development itself. And I wanted to bring us to be more strategic to our clients, getting into first into user experience design and then adding product management because that was my background. And I felt like without those two, you're not going to really be doing great development of product. So we kind of had this DNA of lots of engineering and we added UX and we added product. And began to sort of pitch that as our differentiator, this kind of cross-functional product team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somewhere along the way, one of the guys that worked for me really started pushing me on Simon Sinek's, you know, you need to have the why. Yes. And we, we spent a lot of time on why are we here is next the end. And we landed on the saying, life's too short for crappy software, right? That That kind of encapsulated our mission that the world had all this just terrible software in it and you know, it's, yes. you know if you think about like if you have like a you know a thermostat in your home you know and, and you want to like program it like the software is generally terrible on those yes. on all these devices right like in your you're going back and forth and that was something that really seemed to resonate with everybody that everybody had had an experience in the last 48 hours no matter who they were and where you talked to them they could relate something from within the last two days, that they had all this frustration built up. So it seemed like we could come at that and say, hey, we're going to try to build software that people love to use. We put that right at the top of our website, life's too short for crappy software. And it became a rallying cry, both for employees and for prospects and clients. Most people would agree with it right off the bat. So yeah. it just kind of opened doors and got us a lot of conversation. Uh, with clients and prospects.
0: I remember the first time that I saw it, right? So, so when we were talks with, with Pulse Light was in talks with NTT Data, we we met you and we heard you were from Nexian. I remember bringing up Nexian.com in my browser tab and seeing "Life's too short for crappy software" across the top, and I remember, I was like, this is gutsy. Who puts the word "crappy" on their homepage, like in their tagline? Like that's <laughs> gutsy. I like it. That's gu-. and also. True. It was funny. Chris, do you remember when we did the mission and values, um, obsession? Oh, and yeah. we were, and, and like, and one of our like top candidates was like, we, I think we had worded it like rid the world of bad software, bad software as like part of our mission. And, and we wound up sort of reworking it because we want it to be a positive versus a negative. But I was like, when it was nodding my head and going like, yeah, this is exactly what Postlight's trying to do too, which is that life's too short for crappy software really spoke to me. I was like, I get it. Yeah. Nexient and Postlight are the same
2: roots. It totally. And it's a very fundamental thing. And, And everyone can relate to it. I mean, even as we sit here today, talking today, I can think about, you know, three or four things and I'm like, oh God, that is such a pain to use. And so it's a very connecting mission. And I also think one of the reasons why Nexient saw growth and why we see growth is that it's pervasive in the enterprise, right? There is so much inefficiency that is because of this like really poor software that is out there. And if if we can fix it, it can unlock some really amazing things. So I, I connect to it. I remember seeing it for the first time too and thinking like, oh, this is a kindred spirit. Like this company gets it in the way that, you know, what we were trying to put out there is is post-light for sure.
1: And actually the one thing that was really amazing to me as a, a first time CEO is how much things got simpler once we were super clear on our mission, right? Like, cause people would yeah. bring you as a, as a consulting firm, you kind of can do anything if, you know, somebody brings you a, Problem. You can say, well, we could do that. We could do a SharePoint deployment or we could do this or that. But at the end of the day, when we started to get really focused on we're going to do you know, product and design and engineering of custom software and we want it to be a great experience, it just simplifies. You can say no to a lot of things. That you should say no to.
0: Yeah, it helps you plant that flag. Because in a lot of ways, you know, w- with Postlight, right, we're like, yeah, we build custom software solutions. We're not pitching you on a particular method. We're not pitching you on a particular thing off the shelf. We're saying, you know, we're going to bring you the best experience. Like, that's the differentiator, right? But when you work with clients, you know, you can so often be like, well, what do you need from us? You know, <laughs> right? But so that's why it's so, but so important to say, well, this is the thing that uh, we care about and that we're best at. And also knowing the work to say no to, or like, we're not best suited for this. You should go here is I think so critical, even just to building
2: the team and building your reputation.
1: Yeah, agreed.
2: So talk us through, Mark, how Nexient landed at NTT Data.
1: Yeah, so we had grown quite a bit between 2014 and 2021. We were uh, about 1,100 people. So when I started, we were about 250 people. And we had gotten about eleven hundred people, and we were beginning to hit just the the realization that to scale even more, we needed to make some big investments in infrastructure and systems and processes. And we felt that it was a good time to go look in the market and see what it would be like to become acquired, because whoever acquired us would have a lot of those systems in place, and we wouldn't have to go do the investments and kind of build them ourselves. So we looked, and it ended up running a process and met the folks from NTT Data. And it was a really good fit. It was kind of, as you said, kindred spirits on how we looked at the market. So for us, it just became a very natural decision to become part of NTT Data and something that we felt could accelerate us and what we were trying to do.
0: When Nexient was acquired, was what became the launch strategy? Was that kind of fully formed? Like, Did NTT already have that that theory and that, and that approach. Oh, interesting. So you, so you watched the strategy that led to launch kind of come into being during your time. So, so was acquired in 21, is that correct?
1: 21, June of 21. Yeah. So I think, you know, maybe the strategy was there and a couple people might've had it in their heads, but it wasn't clearly articulated yet. And they asked me in July of 22, to step away from running Nexiant, because the first year Nexient was a part of NTT, we kept it as a somewhat separate operating unit and just ran it on its own. And I did that for the first year. But in July of last year, they asked me to start looking at this problem of we have these seven groups: five acquired companies, two internal groups, one of which was Nexient, one of which was Postlight, and you know three other acquisitions and two internal groups. Can you help us? think through, how would we put these together? And you know what is the right way to do it? And so we, we went into that not having a foregone conclusion on the best way to go. You know, One way you could do it is to merge them all into the NTT data brand. Another way to go might be to pick one of the brands of one of the five acquired companies and merge everyone into that. And it quickly became clear that either one of those both had some downsides to them in terms of sort of getting everybody excited about the new mission and how we're going to put it all together. And so we kind of landed on that we should create something new that really complements NTT data. And, and and you could see this in other large global system integrators are doing similar things where they have a, a design-led group with a, effectively a sub-brand. Right. And so we, we landed on this idea of creating a new sub-brand and creating one that was new to everybody so that all of the acquired companies and the internal groups felt like they were ground floor, they were founders of this new thing, rather than one of the seven was the winner and the other six were getting kind of rolled into it. Like nobody really yeah. wanted that, right? And it didn't right. matter which one you pick, you'd have six unhappy groups uh, if you went <laughs> right. that way. So it, it just kind of worked out. And then we got, I think we got lucky. We we looked at what is it that we do? And it's it's really... Helping our clients come up with the strategy, ship software really quickly and then scale it. Right. And so a lot of the essence of that is to ship software really quickly is kind of launching a new product into the market. And that felt like uh, just a very sort of central part of our mission was to take ideas and get them launched and then yeah. scale them. And I knew I, I was like a short. Short name because um, if you have a long name, you have to figure out what your nickname is going to be because nobody will say it. <laughs> the long name, right? That's so, true. so like like <laughs> Nexian had when I arrived with Systems in Motion. Every interview I had for the job asked me what I thought of the name. So the first person asked me, I thought oh, that's just a question. And the second the second person asked I said it's kind of weird that they both asked me this question. And <laughs> then the third person asked, I was like, okay, there's clearly like a family problem here like, like a, like a with- yeah. happening were yeah. <laughs> so you honest <laughs> in your
0: answer about the name systems in motion during your interview i'm curious
1: i was yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> good, good, good for uh, you, you not be a, to a fault i'm, you, I'm honest t- you um,
0: are honest and direct this is why we love working with you honestly <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah this was this was back when blackberry which was research in motion was kind right. of beginning beginning its swan song and becoming it was becoming clear that it was going away you know sounded a lot like research in motion uh, but nobody wanted to say systems in motion and so it became sim as i am
0: that's what happens there were
1: like at least two other organizations with sim as their acronym and one of them was even like a group of cios so it just was like this doesn't seem good and then also i wanted to use all saas software because of my background and so your login would be your name at systemsinmotion.com, which is just a lot to type every time <laughs> you go to log in, like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Every single login, you're clacking <laughs> away right, on the keyboard. Yeah, say, how many yeah. keys
0: you save when you t- pick a short name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, the other thing I really, I like about the name is that it's a, it's a real word. Like if you look at the list of acquisitions, Postlight and Nexia and Umvel and Vectorform, they're all sort of made up words, right? Which is what agencies do. Like you make up, you know, you make up a word and yeah. you say, you know, because you need the domain name and you want to be kind of unique. But I, I like launch, even though it's sometimes confusing that it's a verb and a noun. I like it because it's a real word. <laughs> it says we do. Uh, we can add that by NTT data on there without it being too much of a mouthful. And it really gets to the heart of what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I like about it is this happened once previously in my career. So when I joined what was Get There, ultimately, it was called Internet Travel Network. We did this whole, which so I don't know if if you know the history of the Internet, but Internet Travel Network and Expedia argued over who was the first travel site. When we pivoted from being a consumer site because we didn't have enough money, we we changed the name to Get There. And we may have bought that from a porn site, but um, (laughs) to get the URL... But the thing that I really liked about it was you couldn't talk about travel, planning, and trips without using the word get there. Like like people just would nice. always use it in a sentence and it would trip them up. And the same thing happens with launch. It's kind of fun to watch. Right. Yeah. When are we going
0: to launch? When does it launch? Right.
2: Launch day yeah. is here. That's right.
1: So that's, I don't know. For me, it's just kind of fun to see that stuck in the language. It's just kind of a fun aspect of it.
2: Yeah. It's true. I think it's a good thing. It turns the brain on in a weird kind of way, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, Chris and I have really enjoyed just getting to know you and the rest of the leaders of the acquisitions and the groups that are coming together. And I think, I think why I've been really excited about finally sort of, you know, announcing launch the world and coming out on our web, our new website, launch.nctdata.com is like, Oh, these are a bunch of really smart people who have like, Different specializations, but are very much like aligned in spirit, tons of overlap. Chris always talks about the Venn diagram, like there's a ton of, you know, overlap in, in the middle there, but we're all like coming together as one group just brings just a ton of just like breadth and depth across the whole thing, which is that we want to build just great products and platforms you know, totally have to admit it. It's hard to let go of a a brand that you spent, you know, years and years building, you know, eventually the brand will sail off into the sunset and will be completely launched. It's still really exciting to just be this new thing. And I look at our new site, I look at our case studies and I look at our leadership team and our, and I look at the list of capabilities that we have. And, you know, we've got decades of experience across all the different groups coming together. And it just seems like there's so many, you know, just incredible possibilities. Also, it just feels so great to ship something new out in the market. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> I just does. love shipping no, stuff. Uh, so that's that's a lot of fun. It's a little nerve wracking to just start a brand, you know, a new brand and say, OK, we're now this thing and, and put all the muscle behind the marketing and all that. But I think this is the moment in the market. And I think even for all of our different trajectories as leaders of these different companies and groups and NTT, um, I've been excited about like NTT data as being like, OK, we're going to we need to do this new thing and we're going to give you all this space to do this here together. But it's a little bit of a mess too, all right? Like it's seven groups. <laughs> figuring go, it out as we go. Figuring it out as we go, yep. building this airplane. We've all got our own, you know, businesses that we're running and we're coming together at different times. So with lots to figure out, but it's like fun. This is like a fun business problem to figure out. Different one, I think, than starting from, you know, zero. Uh, zero money, zero people, zero anything. It's, it's really interesting. It's been really interesting for me to come together with a group of people. You know, everyone's in flight at the moment and coming together in the air.
1: Yeah, no, same for me. It's It's been just a blast. And, you know, you guys have been great to, to bring onto the team. And some of the things you guys did at PostLite are, are fantastic. And just, you know, I'm kind of in awe on some of what you guys were able to accomplish. So for me, it's fun to get to bring these groups together and each one of them brings something unique or multiple things that are unique that they were able to do. And then also a lot of overlap too. Like, so we do a lot of things that we all sort of know how to do and we do well together. But then each of us, something unique as well it's been just a lot of fun to work on that
2: i feel like the, the common through line for me is thinking about product and it's been so reassuring to know that we've got product minded people across all of these organizations and i think that's what i mean it's what makes a difference for clients and prospects but it's also what i think unifies us because we all want to create those amazing digital experiences and yes it's great that we now have you know And uh, a machine learning team, and a VR team, and we've got all content strategy. Like we've got all of these expanded capabilities, but product is at the heart of it. And I think it's been so tremendously satisfying to know that you know what launch is going to put forward is amazing digital experiences that come back to product and platform thinking. So I'm super excited about it, and it feels like. You know, while we're turning, what do we call it, Gina, at the all hands graduating? We're graduating. You know, we're, we're graduating. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're, we're, it's graduation we're not- day. <laughs> we're, it's graduation day. We're, <laughs> we're going from, from post-light to a, a, what feels like a bigger, better thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm just super excited that that launches
1: out in the world now. It's good timing for graduation. I, I was in New York <laughs> That's over the true. weekend. There are people in caps and gowns everywhere. Yeah,
0: totally. <laughs> it's graduation season for sure. Yes. Um, and I'm really looking forward to just having, there's so many new and interesting voices at launch. We're going to have them on the show. I think there will probably be some some graduation changes coming to the show uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, but definitely stay tuned. Same feed, same subscription. And yeah, we're just excited to, there's so many interesting people and uh projects and capabilities that I just can't wait to to bring onto the show and and talk more about.
1: Thanks for joining us, Mark. This is wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Congratulations on launching Launch. Launching Launch is the phrase that's come out of my mouth (laughs) seven million times (laughs) over the past (laughs) many months. I love it. Do check us out, launch.nttdata.com. Yeah, we're really looking forward to a fun new adventure as Launch. In the meantime, if you have questions, thoughts, feedback, you can always get in touch with us. Send us a note at hello at postlight.com. We would love to talk more, and we are going to talk more, a little bit more about Launch's approach, about Launch's capabilities, and and what we're trying to do out there as we come together with our amazing sibling companies uh, and the groups at NTT Data. In the meantime, as always, we read every note that comes in. Hello at postlight.com. And thank you again to Mark. Thanks, Chris.
1: All right. Talk to Bye you soon. Thank Bye. You. Bye-bye.